Are you ready to hear about the parables? I was assigned one, but I think I'm going to do 22 of them tonight. We good with that? Three people are good with that. No, we're, we're going to look in Mark chapter 4. So go ahead and find Mark chapter 4 if you have your Bibles with you. We'll look at one of the first parables, very important parable, parable of the sower, really more of the parable of the soils, as we'll see here in just a couple of minutes. But we're going to look at this parable and see how important it is to understand this parable. If you can't get this parable, you will not get the other parables. I mean, that is, that's not just me saying that. That's what Jesus says about this parable. He says, if you cannot understand this one, how are you going to be able to understand all of the others? So this is a very appropriate place to start. So Mark chapter 4 is the parable of the sower. I'm going to read to us verse 1, and I'm just going to, for now, read down to verse 9 for our consideration as we kick off this conference on the parables. Mark 4, 1 through 9. And he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him. So he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain." And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the word of the Lord. Well, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever and ever and ever. Amen. Well, Jesus loved to tell stories. He loved to tell parables. He, we have recorded in the Gospels more than 30 of them. You're going to hear six of them over the next couple of, of nights. Why did he tell stories? Is it just because he, he loved to tell a good story? Well, well maybe. Maybe he did. Um, but he told parables on purpose because this was a particular way of him teaching truth about the kingdom of God. And let me just, before I even jump into this parable, let me just say at the beginning of our conference a couple of things about parables in general. Some of them are so simple, they're one or two sentences long. Some of them, like this one, are a little more complex or like the prodigal son, have have a longer story to them. All of these parables, though, have one thing in common. They divide the audience in half. That's what they do. They're designed to do that. It divides the audience, the listener in half, between those who have ears to hear and those who do not. They are simple, 
but they teach profound things. Some of them have a punchline. Some of them leave you hanging, wondering what's going to happen next. Some of them, like this one here, are pretty easy to understand. And Jesus himself explains what this parable means. For some, it reveals truth about the kingdom of heaven. For others, it exposes their unbelief, and sometimes it reinforces their unbelief. It's a fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus would teach in parables. The responses are very different, which is why you need to understand this parable first. Some people had no clue what he was talking about. Other people got it right away. Some people were so angry. There's an example of a parable in Mark chapter 12 where Jesus tells this parable near the end of his ministry while he's in Jerusalem, and the people are so upset they want him arrested because they, they knew he had told a parable against them. So it divides. Parables divide between those who get it and those who do not get it, those who have ears to hear and those who do not have ears to hear, and it exposes unbelief in the hearts of so, so many. They do not answer every theological question. They do not It's dangerous to build theology just on one particular parable. They're not intended to do that. They're intended to teach something about the kingdom of God. And that's what the parable of the sower here in Mark chapter 4, that's exactly what it does. It teaches something about the kingdom of God. Have you ever wondered why some people become believers and some people don't? You ever wonder why some people receive the message of the kingdom of God and and are joyful about it and it bears fruit and others just ignore it? Well, this parable explains why that happens. Why is it that some people that you would think would embrace the teaching of Jesus rejected it? Why is it the scribes and the Pharisees who searched the scriptures rejected the one about whom the scriptures taught. Well, this parable explains these things. This parable unlocks the mystery of the kingdom, and he uses a very simple farming illustration. I know zero about farming. If it comes into my house and it's not a pet or a kid, it will probably die. That's just, you know, it's just the way it is. We're just, Autumn and I are grateful our kids and pets have lived. Anybody else like that? Like if something, somebody gives you a plant or something like that, listen, let me just go ahead and share with you. If, if any of you are ever thinking about blessing Autumn and I with some kind of plant, it will die. It's just, it's just the way it happens in our house. It will. I know nothing about, about farming at all, and yet this parable is so simple that a fool like me can understand it. This parable explains why some people receive and embrace the teaching of the kingdom of God and others do not. And Jesus himself explains this parable. It is an, an indictment on religious people everywhere that Jesus said, truly I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. He said that to some scribes and some Pharisees. 
So why? Why do some people receive the message of the kingdom and others don't? Jesus explains that here in the parable of the sowers and I uh, the parable of the sower and I have resisted the urge to try to be clever tonight. I've been lo- looking this over and I've been thinking to myself, all right, how am I going to preach the parable of the sower? And as I'm looking through here, Jesus himself gives the outline for this sermon. Jesus himself gives the explanation to the parable. So I could read through this parable and think to myself, I wonder what that means. I feel like a a coach from NFL or something here with this thing on my head. Belichick. (laughs) Uh, I I could try to come up with some things myself, but here's a good note to especially to those of us who are teachers and preachers. If Jesus himself explains what the parable, what the passage means, then there's no need for you to try to come up with something clever. Amen? I mean, if he, if he says this is the four-point outline, these four soils here, if this is the four-point outline, there's no need to be clever. In fact, J.C. Ryle, in his commentary on this, he says the language of this parable requires no explanation To use the words of an ancient writer, it needs application, not exposition. Well, I've got to say something for a little while here, so I get that, Mr. Rao, but but let me go ahead and try to share here some things from the parable of the sower for us to take home tonight, for us to prepare our hearts for the rest of the conference. What is Jesus talking about when he tells this story. What's he getting at? What does he mean when he's talking about a a sower, a a farmer spreading seed and it's landing on different places and different things are happening? What does this mean? Well, the disciples didn't know and Jesus himself explained it to them. So here's what we're going to look at. These four different soils, four different soils representing four different hearts. So here is the first one. The first one here is simply the hard heart. Look down at verse 15. Down at verse 15. This is Jesus explaining the parable that I just read to us a couple minutes ago. Jesus says this, verse 15. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So he's talking about the seeds that landed on the path. What happens? It's so hard that the seed cannot penetrate the path. The path is like concrete. It's been trampled, and the birds come and take the seeds away, and he says that the birds are like the devil. So that's the first heart. And if you read in Matthew and in Luke, you'll see that Jesus clearly identifies the soil as different hearts. Like you, you're receiving the message. The seed is the kingdom, the message of the kingdom. You're receiving that, and the soil is your heart. And the first one, Jesus explains here, is the hard heart. The seed, the message of the kingdom, the good news that a king has come to rescue, to ransom his people, falls upon these hard hearts, and it's as if they don't even hear it. Like they have ears, but they don't hear. Anyone who's a parent knows what that's like, right? You got kids. They have ears, they don't hear, right? Well, they selectively hear. 
I got a puppy that's like that. I've got a, I've got a, a brand new puppy at home who is like that. She can hear me whisper the words, you want to eat? And just everywhere. But if I have her outside, I can say, Luna Bell, Luna Bell, Luna Bell, Luna Bell, a hundred times, and she just looks everywhere except at me. Has ears, can't hear, or don't want to hear. This hard heart is like this. These people, their their hearts are hard. They just, they, they don't even hear the message. Like they, perhaps they want some kind of relief. Perhaps they want some kind of good news, but there it is right in front of them, and it's like they don't even see it. It's like somebody standing in front of McDonald's saying, I wish I could have a hamburger. They don't even see the place that's in front of them. That's what this heart is like, and and their heart is, has been hardened. It's, it's calloused by sin and doubt and failure and trampled, and it's not soft, and their conscience is seared, And they're not hearing the message of the kingdom. That's like the seed that lands on the path. Luke describes it this way. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the path, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Trampled underfoot. Just don't even hear the message. They're oblivious to the message. Their heart is so hard. If they could be honest for just a minute and realize that they have this ache in their soul and this need for forgiveness, and if if they realize that there was hope for the hopeless, then they would hear the message, but they don't. They just walk right over it. They trample on it. And the birds, the enemy, the devil comes and just takes it away. That's why some people don't even respond to the message of the gospel. That's why right there. This is Jesus explaining why some of the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the people that he is teaching and preaching to, they don't even want to hear it. They have this hard heart. They miss the message completely. And the hope that they need... They ignore. It's sad, isn't it? It's sad. Like this, this parable is, is sad. It's descriptive. What happens when a guy like me or Justin or John or whoever or you sharing the gospel shares it with someone and it's like they don't even hear what you're saying. The hard heart. Second, the shallow heart heart. Not just the hard heart, the shallow heart. Verse 16. Verse 16 in Mark 4. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. Have you seen folks like that? They receive it with joy. Yes, I've heard the message. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. They never counted the cost. That's the, sh- the shallow heart, the, the rocky ground. There's no soil there. There's nothing deep. There's no roots there. They never realized it would cost them something to follow Jesus. It happens all the time. 
People get excited about the news of the gospel. They, they get excited about hearing something about that. Maybe this will be life-changing. Maybe things will turn around for me. Maybe I'll get a, a better job or a bigger car. Maybe, maybe something will finally go my way, and I hear that preacher talking about something, and it sounds like he's talking about my life will get, get better if I become a Christian, which is, which is something we preachers should never say to anyone, right? We should never say that your life is going to get better. Uh, your eternal life will get much better. Amen? Yes? You believe that, right? But, you know, things could get worse. Persecution. You could lose friends. You could lose your job. If ISIS had its way, you'd lose your head. Literally. You could lose everything to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And people just simply do not realize that it will cost you something. So when persecution or tribulation or trials or even some severe temptation comes, they cave, they crumble. It's like, this is not what I signed up for. I didn't realize that this is what it, what it would mean to follow after Jesus. I didn't realize that there was going to be problems along the way. Listen, it will cost you something to follow the Son of God. It will. It will. Jesus himself said, Mark eight thirty four, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know what he's saying? Die to yourself. Die to yourself and follow after me. Following Christ will cost you something. So people hear some kind of message and they hear it's, it's about a better life or they hear it's, a, it's about hope or they hear whatever their ears want to hear but they don't realize it's going to cost them something. They have to stop having sex with their boyfriend or girlfriend. They don't, they don't hear that part. They don't realize that, that, that friends might, might say you're a religious nut. They don't realize that, that it would cost them something, that they actually have to give things up as they follow after Jesus Christ. They didn't realize that's what they signed up for. And so Jesus himself says they fall away right here. Their hearts were shallow. Author Kyle Eidelman in an excellent book he wrote a couple years ago, Not a Fan, talking about the difference between fans who hoorah Jesus and followers who actually follow him. He writes this, The biggest threat to the church today is fans who call themselves Christians but aren't actually interested in following Christ. They want to be close enough to Jesus to get all the benefits, but not so close that it requires anything from them that's that's these that's this soil that's that's this this heart they didn't realize it would cost them something jesus listen he loves you and me way too much to leave us in the mess that he finds us in i mean he does so he he lovingly but ruthlessly cuts away from the things that we we hang on too tightly to and he does that because he loves us, like Aslan the lion tearing off the dragon skin of Eustace for you Narnia fans out there. It's painful. It hurts. But he does it because he loves us. But those who are 
of the shallow heart, they don't get that. And so as soon as it gets rough, they're gone. So that's the shallow heart. The crowded heart is the third. Jesus describes these in verse 18 and 19. And others are one sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. This heart is crowded. It's got other stuff in there. The message of Christ competes with other things. Perhaps Christianity is one of many interests for this particular soil, for this particular heart, but the other things win out. They win out. The pursuit of other things, the the desires, the fears, all of these things, wanting some riches, chasing after other things, they win out out. And sadly, people turn away from the message of the kingdom, the best message ever heard for lesser stuff. They think that will satisfy. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in the message of the kingdom. I'm not interested. In, yeah, I hear what you're saying there, but really I would rather pursue my career and money and my bank account or maybe some of these other things. And people sadly lose sight of what is most important and try to satisfy their hearts with lesser things that will never, ever satisfy, ever. The only thing that will ever satisfy is Christ. Everything else is temporary. What are you talking about? Everything everything else, every relationship, every marriage, every child, every career, everything else will bring you maybe some temporary satisfaction, but the only thing that will fully satisfy you and me, the only thing that will satisfy us forever, now and in eternity, is knowing Christ and Him crucified. That's it. That's it. And the crowded heart just doesn't get that. They're looking for satisfaction in other things. You and I were made to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's that's what we're made for. Only that will last. Nothing else will last. And this crowded heart just doesn't get that. You see why this is so important? Jesus is He's explaining why. Yeah, preaching of of the word is very, very important. It is. I'm a preacher, so it's important, right? Right? Yes, it is. But listening, hearing, that's important too. That's what's going on here. See, these first three, they're just not listening. They don't have ears to hear. That's why the, the kingdom goes out, the message of the kingdom goes out, and it's scattered among all different kinds of people, and that's why you see some receiving it, some ignoring it, some abandoning it. Jesus is explaining here in the parable of the sower why that happens, and if you don't get that, you will not understand these other parables. You have to understand that this is what's going on all through the ministry of Jesus. He is like this sower. And he's going through his ministry and he's scattering these seeds. And unexpected people 
Tax collectors and prostitutes are receiving this message, and scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law are not. And Jesus is explaining to his disciples how this happens. It's important for them to know this because they will someday carry on the ministry and mission of Jesus, and they need to know that this is how it works. The crowded heart just doesn't get it. Finally, the fruitful heart. It's the only one that produces anything. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a startling conclusion to his parable. That's, he's described four different soils, and only the last one produces anything at all. It's, it, really, these soils could be split in half. It's, it's not four. It's actually two different kinds, the kind that produces something, and then three that don't. So that, that which doesn't produce for various reasons, and the one that does. Verse 20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. God does amazing things in this heart. A, a miraculous harvest. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. This is amazing Harvest, And the only difference here in the parable that Jesus gives is that this soil, these are the ones who hear the word. They have ears to hear. That's the difference. They hear and accept the message. Luke says it this way. As for that in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. That's what happens here. That's why, that's why some people believe the message of Jesus, and many don't, because of what's happening here in, in the parable of the sower, because of all these different dynamics that are going on behind the scenes, all these things that are going that you can't tell when you're looking at somebody and sharing the gospel. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. So Jesus starts telling his parables with this parable that unlocks all the others and explains how this stuff happens. But listen, let me just, let me, let me wrap this up with this. This is not just a lesson that is describing different kinds of soil or warning against the hazards of, of careless farming. I mean, I don't know if that's how farmers are supposed to farm. Just That seems like a very free-for-all, hippie-ish way of, of farming. Like, go, seeds! You know, I don't know. Any of you who are experts in farming can correct me, please, afterwards, but it just, it just seems unusual. I, I picture like a tie-dye person, just, here you go, seed. I just hope you find your mark somewhere in the world. This is not a lesson describing just different kinds of soil and the hazards of careless farming. It is a lesson about what matters most. You're in my heart. That's what Jesus is getting at here. He's telling this farming story to get at the heart of his disciples. And he tells them to you have been given the secret of the kingdom of God. And that's why he's telling them this in parables so that they will understand what's really happening here. This is about our hearts. Have you received the message of the kingdom of a king who rescues sinners like us? 
Have you received the message of the kingdom that we are broken, helpless, hopeless, but there is a Savior who is greater than my brokenness and my helplessness, thank God. Have you received that? See, that's what he's doing here. This isn't just a description of, let me tell you about different soils, let me tell you about farming techniques. No, this is an invitation to see, are you receiving the message of the kingdom? It's about our hearts. This is a powerful parable. Professor Daniel Doriani says this. He says, we interpret the parable. It's what we did here with a lot of help from Jesus, right? A lot of help from Jesus. Jesus preaches his own parable. I just sort of came along for the ride. You did too. So here we have this. We interpret the parable, but then he says this. Daniel Doriani says this. We interpret the parable, but the parable also interprets us. That's what happens as you're reading it. That's what happened to those, those who were hearing it for the first time when Jesus was sharing it, when he's sitting in the boat and he's giving this parable. This parable interprets us. He's not just describing four different heart conditions. He's inviting us to examine our own hearts, to accept and hold fast to the message of his kingdom and to follow him. That's what's going on here in the parable of the sower. So I just leave you with one question. One question is the most important question. Do you... Have ears to hear. May God add his blessing to the preaching of his word. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we need you to reveal things to us. Because if we're honest, we... um, We have been and often are a mix of those soils. And only you can plow through hard hearts. Only you can cause our hearts to bear fruit. So we need you. We need you tonight to do your work by your spirit in our hearts and may we have ears to hear we ask that in Jesus name everyone said amen